Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Through the Bible with Les Feldick, an inspirational and informative half hour of insight into the heart of Scripture. In addition to teaching the Bible, Les is a full-time rancher, having a down-to-earth practical teaching style that makes the Bible come to life. All programs are available on audio tape, videotape, and in printed form. At the end of the program, there will be an address where you can contact the ministry. And now, here's Les Feldick with today's lesson. God is going to come down on this whole world system with His wrath and His judgment because her sins, her rebellion, her disobedience has reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her, God says in so many words, even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. Now you see the language? Isn't this exactly what the world system is trying to do? I mean, all of, all of your commercials, I don't care whether it's for automobiles or clothes or what is it, what, what is their main, what's their main thrust? Hey, whatever is out there, they want you to want it. They want us to want it, whether we can afford it or not. And see, this is what the world system is all about. And then those who can profit from it, they, of course, can go out and, and as the Scripture says, they can indeed live deliciously. All right, come on down uh, to verse 7. So much torment and sorrow give her, for she hath said in her heart, I sit a queen, or like a queen, and I am no widow, I shall see no sorrow. That's what they think. Therefore, God says, shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. All right, let's go back and again look at how the Old Testament prophesied some of these very things. This isn't just New Testament. This is Old Testament. And uh, again, I, I like to recognize that uh, we've got a lot of Jewish people watching our program. I've gotten calls from quite a few and a letter or two from some. And... Uh, I always like to take that consideration. That's why I use the Old Testament as much as I do to show that these all dovetail together. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 51, and again remember that the term Babylon, as we're speaking of it in Revelation, and back in the Old Testament, you have to take it from the text. Like early up in the chapters of chapter 50 and the early verse of chapter 51, it is indeed talking about Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. 
and just before it fell. But like so many Old Testament prophecies, you've got both the near term and the long term in view. So as he writes chapter 50, that's the near term. It's the judgment of God that's going to fall on Babylon as it was in Jeremiah's day. But now as you come on down to chapter, uh, chapter 51, verse 7, now the prophecy takes the long-term view, and we're looking at the Babylon that Revelation refers to, and that's, again, not just ancient Babylon in the Euphrates Valley, but the whole world system. And that's the best way I can put it. Verse 7. Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made... Now, see, this is why I say this doesn't confine itself to ancient Babylon. What are the next three words? All the earth. See? Not, not just the Middle East, but all the earth has been made drunken. The... What's the next word? Nations. Plural. See? The nations, that is, of the whole world, have drunken or have partook of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. Now, the word mad here doesn't mean angry, but what? They've been mentally affected, see? The nations are mad. Verse 8, Babylon is suddenly fallen and what? Destroyed. Now, isn't that exactly what Revelation is describing? That final destruction of this whole world system. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain, if so, she may be healed. But, of course, she can't be. Now, uh, George, I'm going to throw a curve on, on you over there. Stop at Daniel on our way back. Daniel chapter 2. Because, see, all these Old Testament prophecies were looking forward to these same things now that Revelation is explaining. And that's why we can, we can teach it with... Authority is because all of the Scripture agrees on these events. It isn't just the figment of John's imagination or something like that, but it all dovetails together. Now, in Daniel chapter 2, you remember, beginning with verse 31, <clears throat> we looked at it several months ago when we studied the book, that here old King Nebuchadnezzar of the ancient empire of Babel, Babylon had this dream. And Daniel, of course, if you remember, was brought in and he interprets it. Verse 31 of Daniel 2, and he says, Thou, O king, sawest, behold, a great image, and this great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. And if you remember, we said that word terrible really means terrifying. It, it was just something that shook even Daniel. Verse 32, the image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver. His belly or his abdomen and his thighs were made of brass and his legs of iron and feet part iron, part clay. Now, you see, those are all metals. And remember when we studied them, the head of gold was Babylon, the silver was the Mede and Persians, the brass was the next empire, Greece, and then the legs of iron were the two aspects of the Roman Empire, the northern or the eastern and the western. All right. There's that whole system of Gentile empires all depicted in that great image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream. All right, now then verse 34, Daniel goes on and he says, You saw, you watched that great image until a point in time. Now remember, I'm always stressing that word till or until is a time word. So until a point in time, you saw these great empires in all of their glory and their beauty and their terror and whatever else. 
And then a stone cut without hands. Now, who is the stone in the rock of Scripture? Well, it's Christ. All the way back from the very book of Exodus, for sure, if not sooner, when Moses struck the rock and the water came forth, the New Testament says, who was that rock? Well, it was Christ. And so here he is, the stone cut out without hands. This is Christ at his second coming. And he smites this image, this which depicts all the great world systems now. At his second coming, he smites the image upon its feet, these feet made of iron and clay. In other words, this amalgamation of the nations of the world, but especially Western Europe and broke them to pieces. And then verse 35, I hope you're envisioning this in your mind. Just, just picture a huge boulder just coming down without the help of any human instrument, and it's coming down toward that great image that Babylon depicted or that Nebuchadnezzar saw, and it strikes it on its feet, just bowls it over. All right, now read on. And it smites the image upon his feet, the one that was made of iron and clay and brass and silver and gold, all broken to pieces together, and it all became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. Now, I know a lot of Americans are becoming so metropolitan, they don't even know what this language is. But I think most of the people who listen to me are agrarian enough that you understand that chaff is that light stuff that accompanies the grain thrashing. And the wind just simply takes it away, and it's gone. All right, now that's the picture that the Bible paints here of these nations and kingdoms of the world at the time of Christ's second coming. His coming is going to crush them like the boulder bowling over this great image, and they're going to simply disappear from view like the chaff on a summer threshing floor. Now picture that. Now, this is merely a, an illustration. It's an analogy. And the wind carried them away. <clears throat> now, reading on in verse 35. <clears throat> the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. All oh, these great corporations, global in their extent, are going to disappear from view. The great empires, the governments, the beautiful palaces, the white houses of the world disappear from view. It's going to be gone. All right. No place is found for them. And the stone that smote the image, in other words, the Christ who destroys all these kingdoms, became a great mountain or a kingdom. And this kingdom fills what? The whole earth. And here again is the prophetic statement of his coming kingdom. All right, now then let's go back to Revelation 18 for just a moment again. <clears throat> and here I thought I'd cover the whole chapter 18 in the first half hour. Don't look like I'm going to do it in two, does it? Okay, now Revelation 18, verse 8, Therefore shall her plagues come, how fast? One day. Now I'm a literalist. I don't think this day speaks of a long period of time. This is instantaneous. And her plague shall come in one day, death, mourning, famine, and she shall be utterly burned or destroyed with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Now, let's go back for just a moment to Luke 21. I alluded to it in the last half hour, Matthew, Mark, Luke 21. 
<clears throat> and see how even the words of Jesus Himself during His earthly ministry... You know, I always qualify that. I hope you people catch that. And I do it for a reason. When I speak of what Jesus said during His earthly ministry, because when we come to the letters of Paul, we want to remember that everything Paul tells us are the words of Christ as well. And here's where a lot of people sometimes get hung up. And uh, when I emphasize Paul and the Pauline doctrines, they'll say, but now wait a minute, Les, I go by what Jesus said. Well, where do you think Paul got his words? Well, he got his words from Jesus as well, but under a different set of circumstances. Jesus spoke in the flesh while he was here on the earth, while he was still dealing with the people of Israel under the law. But you see, Paul gives us the revelations of Jesus Christ who has now finished the work of the cross. He has defeated sin and death and Satan. He has now ascended, and from his glorified position in glory, Jesus speaks to us through the Apostle Paul. So you'll, you'll probably catch that. Now you know it when I say that this is what Jesus said during His earthly ministry. All right, verse 25 of Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now, can't you just picture all this? That's what I try to get folk to do. Don't read this as just a bunch of words. This is descriptive. The whole planet is going to be caught up in this traumatic event. Men's hearts, verse 26, failing them for what? Fear. Oh, the most macho. The underworld. The drug kings. The corporate presidents. Oh, they're going to be shaken in their boots, see? Failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then... See, this is all in association with His second coming. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in power and great glory. All right, come back again a little further to the left to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Now I'd like to have you drop down to verse 37. <coughs> Matthew 24, verse 37. Matthew 24, verse 37, but, now this again, Jesus speaking while he's here on earth, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be, or put that in straight English, in our vernacular, we'd say as it was at the time of Noah, so it's going to be at the time of his return. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage right up to the day that the flood came, that Noah entered into the ark. And I told you in the last half hour, remember, God left the door open for seven days for any that may have considered the situation and gone in for safety, but no one did. All right, so the same way at the coming of Christ. See, life is going to be so full of activity. Now, there's nothing wrong with eating and drinking proper things. There's nothing wrong with marriage but it just simply depicts that the world is going to be so caught up in all their activities. Now, when you talk with 
pastors and church leaders. They're, they're, they're so distraught that they can't get people involved anymore. Even young people. Why? Well, they're too busy. I even run into it in, in my nightly classes. All well, people say, I'd like to come, but I'm, I'm just too busy. Kids are kept so busy. They're playing ball all day long and probably half the night, and, and they've got no time for anything else. All right, that's exactly what Jesus said. That's the way it was before the flood came. They were so busy until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And then verse 39, And they knew not until the flood came and took them. What's the next word? All away. You remember back when I taught the flood in Genesis? I said, don't think for a minute that it was just simply a heavy rain and when it got up to their ankles, a few of them woke up and started knocking on Noah's door. And then the next bunch, when it got knee-deep, no, it was instantaneous destruction. Now let's go back and look at it in Genesis chapter, chapter 6 and 7, just for a quick moment. Genesis chapter 6. Drop down to verse 5. You know, every time I hear of murders, sometimes two, three in one day, even in a city as small as Tulsa, and of course, we're close enough to Fort Smith, Arkansas, we get their news, and it's the same way there. Almost every day they're, they're reporting a, a murder, a shooting. Well, now remember what Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. That's indication of the time of his return. Now, verse 5 of Genesis 6. This is what he was alluding to. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Down to verse 11. The earth was corrupt and filled with what? Violence. Now, what's violence? Murder. The killing of one another. Now, whenever they talk about sex and violence on television, what are we talking about? This constant showing of the killing and the murdering of fellow human beings. All right, this is the way it was just before the flood. They were murdering. They were killing, and there was nothing to restrain them. And so, verse 12 repeats it. So God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. And all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And so God said unto Noah, verse 13, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence. And then he says, I will destroy them. All right, how did he destroy them? Flip the page to chapter 7. And here's where I maintain it wasn't the flood that came from the 40 days of rain. That was merely part and parcel. But the real, the real cataclysmic event, you'll pick up in verse 11 of chapter 7. And here's why I maintain that the same way in Revelation, these judgments are going to be almost instantaneous. So it was at the flood. They didn't just gradually drown as the rain and the flood water came up. They were gone in a matter of hours. Verse 11 of Genesis 7. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day. Now, here it is. If you haven't underlined it before, do it now. In that one day, all the fountains of the great 
deep were broken up. So where did the cataclysm begin? From within the earth. Tremendous volcanoes and earthquakes. Cataclysmic and instantaneous destruction. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the end time. All right, now let's go back quickly again to Revelation 18, see if we can get a little further along. Now, verse 10. Revelation 18, verse 10. Well, we almost have to reread verse 9, I guess. Revelation 18, So the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and delivered delicious, lived deliciously with her. Now, remember when I'm talking about Babylon here, the her used here in the female gender, I'm talking about this amalgamation. It'll be the religions of the world, the politicians or the, the governments of the world, as well as the economics. And all of these things are meshed together to make this global Babylon. All right? And so the kings of the earth have been practicing all their immorality and they're living deliciously with this system. And they'll bewail her and lament her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, her utter destruction. Verse 10. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants, see, the businessmen, who are frantically flying from one end of this world to the other to make their deals. I can just about imagine that every airliner is full lately from all the commercial centers of the world into Soviet Russia because they think that they can go in there and, uh, and just make a, a pocketful. I read an article the other day that the sleeping giant economically so far as demand for world goods and services is Africa. Tremendous potential for profit and for business on the continent of Africa tonight. And so this is what they're doing. Oh, they're just rushing here and there to capitalize on these prospects. All right, and then all of a sudden, it's all gone. Now verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise, what? Anymore. It's all done. They've got no place to take their orders. They've got no place to take their products. It's all done. Now. Remember that when it speaks of this city, I mentioned this several weeks ago, and I'll say it again. Whenever you see this city here in Revelation 18, just think of all of the great commercial centers around the globe. Tokyo, Singapore, Hong Kong, see? You skip across into the Middle East, Tehran. Jerusalem is getting to be the center of a lot of activity. You hop over to Rome. London, New York, Chicago. See, all of these great centers of commerce and business and trade, you can just about lop into now one city. They're all entwined. Computer networks, you know that as well as I do. Everything is instantaneous. Transactions can take place between Tokyo and Chicago in a matter of minutes. It's just like one great city. The world has gotten small. 
All right, verse 12. And so their merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scar. See, those are all commodities that are still in demand today. The world hasn't changed. These are the things that people still long for. Beautiful wood, ivory, precious wood, brass, iron, marble. And then all the delicacies of good food, cinnamons, odors, ointments, frankincense, wine. Why, wine connoisseurs will pay big bucks, you know, for just a bottle of wine from some special vineyard in France. You know that. And oh, this is what they call living it up. This is what they call living deliciously, see? Oil, fine flour, wheat, the very commodities that are in the marketplace today. Beasts, sheep, horses. My. You ever talk to someone who's all wrapped up in the horse business? They're fanatics. They're fanatics. I mean, they can't do anything. Well, yeah, Louise, your husband's one of them. My daughter is one of them. And I mean, that's all they can talk about. Well, when you get into the wealthy people of the world, it, it's even more so. I mean, they can talk about buying an animal for a million bucks and not even bat an eye. But see, it's all going to come to an end. Thank you for joining us again for Through the Bible with Les Feldick. If you'd like to order audio tapes, videos, or any of our printed material, you may do so by writing Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. That's Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. Or you can call us toll-free if you'd like at one 1- 800-369-7856. That's 1-800-369-7856. Remember, this is a faith ministry, and your participation with us is greatly appreciated. Again, our address is Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. And our phone is 1-800-369-7856. Thanks again for listening, and please join us next time for Through the Bible with Les Feldick. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over and by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.